evening, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Raising Bulls, brought to you by the beautiful game network at BGN.FM and Roughneck Scarves. We are the only podcast dedicated to the New York Red Bulls 2 of USL. Tonight, we've got some news and notes around the team to talk about, uh, stock up, stock down for some key positions. We're going to have got an interview with Lucas Stauffer. Then we're going to preview the match tomorrow night or today, if you're listening to this uh, on Wednesday morning, against Bethlehem Steel FC uh, with Evan Villela uh, of the USL Show. I think you guys will very much appreciate that. Uh, and then we're going to round everything up with uh, some USL news and notes. Quite a bit going on on this uh, supersized midweek uh, showdown show. I don't, know. I don't know where I'm going with this, but we've got... Anthony Merced of NYC Soccer World. Hello, Anthony. How are you? Woo! Doing good. Happy to be always be on. Uh, did you? I heard a rumor that you may have needed a kayak to get home this evening. Is that true? Yeah. I mean, if, for those in the uh, New York metro area, it, it looked around five o'clock. It looked like the world was about to end. Um, it looked like that scene in um, Independence Day when the, when the spaceship kind of comes out of the clouds <laughs> and everything gets dark. That's pretty much what happened, and then pretty much the sky fell on everything for about an hour and a half, which totally screwed up all the subway trains. It doesn't take much to do that, though. How much fun is that, right? It's, it's the greatest when uh, the way home from work is blocked by Mother Nature and uh, everything slows down. So much fun, right? Yeah, that's those moments where you're like, God hates me. <laughs> <laughs> My office, we had a tree come through a window in one of the offices uh, and damage the side of the building. It was a very, very interesting day. That maybe, sounds fun. Maybe I'll make that the, the picture on the website for our, uh, <laughs> our episode today. Anyway, let's, we got a lot to talk about. Let's start. Uh, we've got some construction updates at MSU. They've started construction on the locker rooms and the, uh, the set of stands that's going to be directly behind the goal. Uh, they've got big rolls of turf that are ready to go on, which is going to be uh, a, a new service from last season. A lot, lot of things happening right now. Uh, my question to you, Anthony, uh, a lot of people are, are wondering, is this going to be ready uh, for the opener in June? What do you think? I mean, that's two weeks away. Uh, uh, I know it doesn't take a long time to put up bleachers, but I, I don't think this is going to be ready for that first week. Maybe, maybe the, the game after. I feel like the bleachers are, are going to be the easy part of this because that really shouldn't take them too long. And getting the field turf down, again, really shouldn't take too long. The locker room, maybe maybe that might be an issue. And I'll, I'll be interested to see how the team handles it if that's not ready to go in two weeks. Also, the, um, the, the weather in New York City or the New York metro area has not been agreeable. Like no. we kind of skipped... We kind of skip spring when it's a summer and then like keep tailing back into like win- late winter. Um, so it's it, it, it's really kind of probably putting a delay on things. Uh, it, it's sort of like that scene in uh, Monty Python and the Holy Grail. <laughs> for people who know yes. what I'm talking about, I uh, applaud you. I'm not going to explain it for anyone else. Okay, let's talk. Yeah. Go watch uh, the movie. Seven games unbeaten now are the New York Red Bulls heading into this match tomorrow against Bethlehem Steel. It is the longest active streak in USL. The only team that has longer streak is Pittsburgh, is the Pittsburgh Riverhounds. Uh, even though it's not necessarily the kind of streak that you want to have with four draws uh, in their last four matches and against lower competition, 
is it still an encouraging sign that even though the team isn't necessarily playing their best, they're still getting points week in and week out? I'm straight New York about this. So I'm going to go, no, it's not. <laughs> um, I mean, these, this is the most like, you know, New Year's like if, if I was like Dan from Dick's Hills calling in first time, long time. Uh, the, um, <laughs> the, the truth is that, uh, you know, I, I don't see it as a very positive thing because yes, they're getting points, but these are games that should be getting wins. Um, they're, they're going to be playing better teams. They're going to be playing the Cincinnati's of the world, the, uh, of the USL, the, uh, the, you know, Tampa Bay more often and probably Tampa, we'll talk about them later, but like, I don't think they're going to be that bad for the whole year. Um, so these wins like Nashville, uh, or these draws like Nashville or even some, some, you know, Ottawa, like you have to beat those teams. You just have to, if you want to be an elite team, uh, in the Eastern conference. Okay, I think that's pretty fair. Okay, let's talk. We don't have a lot of team talk this week, obviously, because uh, the team did not play this week. But I want to talk specifically about um, some key positions that have maybe been a bit in flux this year. And we're just going to stock up or stock down uh, for each of these players. Jordan Scarlett. Down. Down. I don't think that he's... Yeah, I don't think he's come in and done, uh, been the solid force injury-free that we anticipated him to be. Yeah, uh, it's definitely, I think, a step back from last season, whether or not that's just, you know, uh, him being exposed a little bit by having um, some newer players on the outside that he's now having to also cover for uh, when when maybe there's a defensive breakdown or if something's just not clicking within Dom like it did last year. But, yeah, I agree. Uh, I, I, this is kind of unfair to put him on the list, but... Uh, Fidel Escobar has been playing mainly with this team. Obviously, it's it's mostly to get ready for the World Cup. But Fidel Escobar, stock up, stock down. Um, I I you know, I'll go stock up because I, I I think that you know he's getting solid minutes and he's been looking good. He's really not getting a look at all in the uh, on the MLS team, but uh, hopefully he can be a bit more of a force down here in the two team after the World Cup. Yes, fully agree. Stock up, uh, Hassan and Dom. Down, this guy is like, it's like a he's like a really poorly put together fire drill. Like anytime things go wrong, it's like, what do I do? Go to ground. <laughs> it's it's just he's he's not calming down, and it doesn't seem like any combination of center backs is helping him to, you know, keep from randomly zoning out or something. Yeah, what I, I I'd like to talk to John about that after the next match to see you know what's going on with this back line because. You would think that having Scarlett and then Dom for a second year together would help cement things, but it's been a bit difficult. Uh, Kevin Pollitz. I'm going to say stock up. He's been looking real good. Um, obviously, you know, newer kind of guy, so you have to take your lumps a little bit with, with those kinds of guys. But um, I, I think he's been looking real strong. Fair, and I agree. Uh, Tommy Reddick. <laughs> Who? <laughs> All right, that's kind of mean, but all right. So that's a stock way down. Oh, he's oh he's the guy that was part of the question package. Yes, yes. <laughs> okay, we're not talking about that on the show, though. Yep, agree. <laughs> but stock down. I think we can agree both stock down and Wahab Akwai. You need has, to have some stock first. Wahab Akwai has yet to play, so we can't really say much about him. Okay. Uh, let's go to left back, Nico Devera, and tonight's guest Lucas Stauffer. Uh, are sort of vying for the same position. Stoffer has gotten the last couple of starts. Uh, I just want to know from you, uh, which player do you think uh, should be getting those starts, or is it still up for grabs? 
I think it definitely is still up for grabs, but I personally like Devera a bit more. Mm-hmm. I think that he's better moving forward, connecting the uh, the back line to the offense. Um, but he does need to work on tracking back a little bit because he kind of finds himself kind of stranded sometimes in the middle of the field having to run back. Fair. My 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 issue with Devera in, in some of his matches uh, has been he's very undersized. And that's true about Stoffer as well, but I think uh, Stoffer's been a little bit more defensively stout than Devera. But I think you're right. Going forward, uh, you get more from Nico, but defensively you get more for Lucas. So you would pick Devera in the starting lineup over Stoffer? I would. I'm going to go with my with my fellow short guys. Let's okay. do this. Although I think I am taller than Devera. I'm, I'm pretty <laughs> sure. I'm pretty sure you're taller than both these guys. Uh, Stoffer, I think, is five six. I'm not sure what Devera is. Definitely uh, taller than 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 Stoffer. Uh, but I'm going with Stoffer. So, uh, center mid. We got five guys here. We're gonna. Jeez. I'm gonna have you narrow it down to the starting three of those five. Uh, you got Echeverria. Tenari, Lima, Caceres, and Aguinaga. Of those five, um, who should be starting? Tenari, Caceres, and... I mean, those are the two that I feel really confident about. Um, mm-hmm. I was going to say Aguinaga, but like, I don't know if we have enough of a sample size. But those are definitely the two that I'm just like, absolutely must play. Sure. I think, I think you get a lot from Etrevaria and Aguinaga... And Lima, it, it's tough because of Tenari because he's he's more of a, a box-to-box player like Tenari and not necessarily a 10. But he looked really good against Nashville. He was the only player that I thought really uh, stood out in that match, including goal scorer Vincent Bezicourt, uh, who, you know, despite that, that goal, I didn't think necessarily uh, did a ton that really, you know, I think um, outshone everyone else on the field or did more than what I think he should have since he's been on the MLS contract. Yeah, I can see that. Um, but yeah, that, that third choice is tough, but I agree. Tenari and Cazares are uh, easily penned into that system. Okay, uh, moving on. We're going to talk about our X new York Red Bull 2 report. I've got some players that I added to this thing uh, because it wasn't long enough. Uh, we can, did you uh, find Leo? Uh, Leo is not playing, but you know, again, when it happens, it'll happen. Don't worry. Uh, let's go down this list. We got Rafi Diaz. He did not play in Sacramento Republic's three, two loss to Reno, 1868, a incredibly shocking defeat, uh, for Sac Republic who were up to nothing against a, a, a very poor Reno team that came back and won. Uh, Noah Powder, Orange County SC. He started and played 90 minutes in a 1-1 draw against St. Louis FC. Dan Metzger uh, played in both matches for Penn FC this week. A 1-0 loss to uh, Ottawa Fury, and he started. And he came off the bench in a 1-0 win against uh, Toronto FC 2 to play 13 minutes. Dilly Duca and Hunter Freeman and FC Motown are finally... uh, in progress, uh, I don't know. They, their season has started. <laughs> Duke has scored twice in a Open Cup victory over the Red Bull U23 team, a two to one win. He had both the goals in that. Hunter Freeman also started in that match. I'm not sure if they both uh, played all 90, as there's not great tracking of the play-in game for the U.S. Open Cup. I just want to insert a hot take there. Mm-hmm. The what's happening in the MPSL is completely ridiculous. When you've got a U23 team playing against, like, 
35 year olds that were making you know six figures the year before like the, the collapse of nasl man that there's no other yeah, place but, for I mean, those players to go right now sure except they're turning the mpsl into something that it's not supposed to be um and that includes what the cosmos are doing which i think is pretty ridiculous the the, the team that they're fielding although it doesn't really matter because they bombed out of the us Open Cup anyway <laughs> fair uh david najem uh for tampa bay he's injured and out uh but junior flemings is not injured but he did not play he wasn't the 18 did not play in a one nothing loss to richmond uh is tampa bay's fourth in five matches They've only scored two goals over that five-match span, by the way. All their four losses, they've been shut out. Uh, Corey Herzog, the former Red Bull Corey Herzog, came off the bench and played 10 minutes in that 1-1 draw with OCSC that I mentioned earlier. Uh, Kyle Rainish played 90 in both matches for Fresno FC this past week. A 1-0 loss to uh, Real Monarchs SLC and a 2-2 draw with Rio Grande Valley. Sack. Zach, Zach Carroll <laughs> uh, played, started and played 90 in uh, both of Reno 1868's matches this past week. First, a 1-1 draw with Tulsa, uh, in which he picked up a yellow card, and a 3-2 win over Sac Republic, which I mentioned earlier. Conrad Pleva was on the bench but did not play for Real Monarchs in their 1-0 win over Fresno. Speedy Williams started and played 90 minutes in a 2-0 loss to Nashville FC. That is a very surprising result. It's ridiculous. It, it just shows that there's no, there's no way to predict this year. Absolutely. Uh, Mike DeFonta, Phoenix Rising, started and played 90 minutes in a 5-1 win over to the Tulsa Roughnecks. And started and played 77 minutes in a 3-0 win over OKC Energy in a game where he got a goal and a yellow card. <laughs> Hooray. Carl, we met this past week. Uh, it was only for 13 minutes of his 90-minute shift for Indy 11. He played against Romeo Parks and the Pittsburgh Riverhounds. Uh, there was no such violent incident in this match, and it ended 0-0 in a draw. That's it for the domestic leaves. Leagues. Oh, leaves. The domestic leaves. What a day. Hang in there, Joe. I know. (laughs) Heading overseas, we've got Zico Lewis. Uh, He did not play in FH Hafnar Fjardar's 3-0 win over Fjolner. Tim Schmoll, Oldershot Town, their season is over after they lost in the the playoff match last week. Marius Obakop did not play in CS Lucifero Ordea's 3-2 win over UTA, UTA Arad. Aaron Basulovic came off the bench and played uh, five minutes in Fremont Amateurs' 2-0 win over FC Frederica. Anatole Abang, you remember him. Uh, I remember <laughs> that guy. <laughs> he started and played 90 minutes in Astra Giorgio's 2-0 loss to S- or CFR Cluj. Uh, so I think that that was also a playoff match. I think they're out now. They might have one more. Uh, they have a similar end-of-year uh, tournament. Uh, not dissimilar to MLS, but it's a uh, table style. So the last um, or the top four teams in that tournament end up going to the uh, uh, qualifying round of the UEFA uh, competitions. Uh, Anatoly Abon, by the way, leading Romania Liga 1 in... 
Yellow cards. Red cards. <laughs> Only two, but still. Uh, he played 23 games and scored four goals. There might be an extension to that loan, or he might finally be sold in the offseason. And that is it for our ex-New York Red Bull 2 report. Whew. Very tired. We're going to take a break now. When we come back, I'm going to be talking to Lucas Stoffer. Uh, and then, as I mentioned at the top of the show, we got Evan Valella and USL News after that. So stick around. And we're back. We are joined now by Lucas Stoffer, first year wing back for the New York Red Bulls too. Lucas, how you doing? Very good. Thank you for having me. Absolutely. Thanks for coming on. Uh, talk to us a little bit about you know what it was like during the the weekend off for you guys uh, after having kind of. I don't necessarily think they were disappointing draws, but I, I think that maybe yeah. you know we're accustomed here, <laughs> maybe spoiled even, uh, with the Red yeah. Bulls 2 winning. So uh, what was the weekend off like? Yeah, I mean, you know, going into the last couple of games, mindset has been fine, um, but sometimes football just doesn't churn out the results um, that, one, the club wishes for, and two, the fans wishes for, and obviously the players um, what they wish for, but that that's sometimes the nature of the game. Um, so going into the weekend, it wasn't like a typical all rah-rah going into the weekend. It was kind of like, man, I ho- hope, hopefully the weekend will go quick so we can get back to work and look forward to um, the Bethlehem Steel on Wednesday, which is tomorrow. So, yeah, uh, and uh, obviously you're new to the team this year, but uh, Brandon Allen, who was a very big player for this club uh, for well a little bit of last season, yeah. but the, the previous two seasons, uh, what what's it like going up against him? What's the the you know has there been any chatter about it around the team? Well, well, yeah, obviously, like a lot of people know him. I've played against him for three years or four years in college, um, so I, I know Brandon very well. Um, I'm not really as a person, but as a player, got a great left foot. He's, um, very good in and around the box. He finds clever pockets of space and he's a really good finisher. So obviously, um, that's a guy that we'll keep an eye on, but, um, what's interesting, I I think about this club is that we focus on the way that we're going to play because we believe that if we implement our style of play onto the opposing team whoever it may be we feel like that we get, we will come out on top and come out victorious now i guess kind of expanding that uh, or on that a little bit uh the club is obviously very deep at a number of positions and competition is high amongst everyone you know when we see the team sheet each week maybe there's some surprises that aren't necessarily in the lineup or even on the bench what has that been like for you obviously like uh from a coaching standpoint that's something that they always talk about as a really important thing, that there's competition across uh, every position. But w- what's it like being a player in that? Well, you know, I mean, having having that competition makes everyone more sharp in training, more mentally ready for game days, more mentally ready for training sessions. Um, at, at, personally, at the outside back spot, it, it's, it's 
it's it's it's a good um, it's a good duel between all of us. Um, I think of how how I would say it. Um, it, it key it, honestly, like it keeps everyone everybody honest, and it keeps um, the spirit high. I mean, at the end of the day, we're playing professional sports, and professional athletes are competitive, mm-hmm. or at least they should be, and so having that um, depth throughout both rosters, the first team and the second team, it creates for a very good training environment for the coaches and for the players. Speaking of those players and the depth, has there been a particular player that's maybe taken a mentor role with you? Well, you know, I I think in in my position, I would have to say Connor Lade. Being probably the most tenured player at the club and just an all-in-all-out good pro. Um, is obviously somebody um, first year pro looks up to, and um, similar similar playing styles, hardworking, um, quick, quick witted. I mean, it's it's a pleasure to go in and watch him work every day because of how he carries himself. I think that, uh, and not to demean either of your diminutive uh, statures, but I don't think many people. Uh, physically look up to Connor Lee, but he is a little bit taller than you, correct? <laughs> yeah. No, he's, hey, you know, heart of, heart of a lion. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, of course. That's part of what I think makes it so fun watching him play because he's so tenacious. Oh, absolutely. Um, let's, let's rewind a little bit. Uh, obviously, you know, you were just talking uh, earlier about uh, playing uh, against Brandon Allen in college. You went to Creighton, correct? Uh, what was that yeah. experience like? And, uh, Talk a little bit about how you went from there through sort of the uh, U23 system and um, uh, then getting drafted. So um, it's funny. Um, I also went to Shattuck St. Mary's um, preparatory school in Minnesota, and we played the that Red Bulls 94-95 team in the um, Development Academy Finals um, their second year. So I, I've played – against these guys quite a bit. Chris Lemma, um, Alex Mule, Arun Basulovich, um, Brandon Allen, to name, to name a few. And so um, being able to play with these guys finally instead of play against them, um, it, it's been good. I know that Arun's overseas and Brandon's obviously playing for the steal, but um, it's funny, You, the more you the more you play and the farther you go in the game, the tighter the circle gets and you keep coming across the same players and same people kind of over and over again. And you um, are able to form those relationships. Um, But yeah, so played at Creighton for four years, um, was with a handful of different PDL sides. Um, My freshman year, I was with the Portland U23s. Um, Sophomore summer, I was with Ocala Stampede. And in the last two summers, I was with Des Moines Menace. Um, I've had the pleasure of playing for three great franchises under great coaches um, and great players as well. Um, after my senior season um, and getting my degree from Creighton, I was blessed enough to be a part of the MLS Combine, um, was drafted 26 overall to the Vancouver Whitecaps. Um, then do some issues didn't pan out there and uh 
thankfully, um, I had I had a very good meeting at the combine with both Red Bull staffs, and John ultimately decided to give me an opportunity, and and I I think I took the most of it, and he's such a good coach, and more importantly, he's such a good person um, that it's easy to grow and easy to learn from under him, and then obviously you have Jesse and Chris, um, and I. All both members of or all the members of all the staff have just been very welcoming and very um, helpful to me in my developmental process. I mean, you really crisscrossed the nation there. Um, what what is that like as a player to to kind of be going through that unsigned draft pick process and going through preseason with sort of that uncertainty hanging over you? Oh, I mean, it's 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 mentally pretty draining. Um, you, you go home from the training facility, you get done at two or three in the afternoon and you think to myself, well, how'd training go today? What, what, what can I do to be better tomorrow? What, what did the coaches think? Did the coaches think I played well? Did, did the players like me? There are so many different factors that go into, go into this that people don't see. Um, and I know, know for me personally, it took quite the mental toll. Um, and that's one of the things that me and John have sort of talked about, um, off the field is mentally kind of staying in it because honestly, the MLS preseason, um, in the, in Vancouver kind of, kind of took a little bit of a toll on me. And so now it's, it's happy to be settled in and getting, getting to it with New York because I couldn't be happier to be a part of such a fantastic organization. This week, you've got uh, the steel. Obviously, you need to, to to gather some some steam, some momentum. Even with you know this run, it, it's still an undefeated run. Uh, but maybe right. maybe people are a little bit more pessimistic about it. What's what's the approach going to be like heading into the game tomorrow to maximize points? Well, you know, our, obviously, obviously, like we are going to prepare for it like any other game. Um, our mindset does not change. Um, our goal is to go into Bethlehem and get three points. No matter who they put on the field, no matter who we put on the field, the objective is always to get three points and to bring up how you said it, it is an unbeaten run, and, but it's been so many ties that honestly they started two games ago. They started to feel like losses and we've, we've talked about it. Um, We've, we've watched video. We've had good training sessions this week. Um, had a couple of days off. So the boys are, we're fresh, we're ready, and we're hungry for three points because we, we do need it. And every point counts because the league is so competitive. Lucas, you've been uh, fantastic. Thank you so much for coming on. Before I let you go, uh, I'm going to subject you to the lightning round. Uh, are you ready? Oh, yeah. Here we go. Oh, I'm ready. <laughs> Popcorn, yes or no? Yeah. Star Wars or Star Trek? Star Wars. Marvel or DC? Marvel. Favorite team to play as in FIFA? Oh, um, Real Madrid. Fair. Uh, least funny Red Bull 2 player that thinks they're funny? <laughs> Oh man, Brian White. <laughs> okay. 
that's it. You, you survived the lightning round. <laughs> he's gonna kill me. That's funny. Oh man, he's actually very he's actually he's actually very funny, but it, because he's the only one that cracks cracks a pretty good joke. But <laughs> like funny. nice, very nice. Well, we wish you nothing but uh, the best of luck tomorrow against Bethlehem Steel and moving forward through the season. Thanks so much for coming on, Lucas. Yeah, yeah. Thank you so much. Thank you for having me. And when we come back, we're going to be previewing the match against Bethlehem Steel tomorrow night. Stick around. joined by Evan Villella to help us preview this weekend's match against Bethlehem Steel. Evan, welcome to the show. It is this week's match. Oh man, I said weekend, but yeah, you did. you're right. It is I know, week. it's fine. That was a terrible way to say thank you for having me, but thank <laughs> you very much for having me, Joe. No one accused you of being housebroken, so I think you're all right. Fair enough. <laughs> I wanted the I wanted to slip into the the quote unquote rivalry right away, you know, just by being a jerk right off the bat. <laughs> I love it. Perfect. Excellent. Like, screw uh, you guys. <laughs> yeah, you guys suck. Let's talk all things Beth Steele. They are two four and two on the season. They are sitting in thirteenth place, lucky number thirteen. One two and two in their last five. A win over Richmond, the uh, who is responsible for both wins this season. Yeah, losses to Louisville, Charleston, and a draw against Charleston, and a draw against FC Cincinnati. The goal leaders. You've got Corey Burke, Brandon Allen, Derek Jones. Each have two. I imagine Corey is not going to be uh, playing in this match. Is Incorrect. He, be, he will no? most certainly be playing because he's on a red card suspension okay. from MLS. <laughs> I was not sure if, if, if that was going to happen, but all right, cool. Very yeah, cool. I think I I think I mean I'm not 100 percent sure certain, but I mean I'm 80 percent positive that you'll be seeing him this week. Right, might as well with the uh, with the week off. Yeah. Uh, of course, we've got uh, guys that we know very well with Adam Jim, uh, who punished the Red Bulls for uh, kicking him out of the academy and into the oh. arms of the Philadelphia Union last season. Yep. Uh, uh, another cast-off in Brandon Allen, who yep. uh, I worry will punish the Red Bulls, even though he's had kind of a slow start to the season. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, Santi Moore, Anthony Montana, I think both yep. pretty terrific players. But let's let's talk about the team, Evan. Sure. What is going on? Where where have the struggles really been for for this team? Um, I, I I think it's a combination of two things. This is the highest turnover that we've ever had in terms of of players, uh, especially bringing guys in, um, which in a way is really cool. Um, just because the amount of guys that we brought in has been really interesting. Like you said, you know, Brandon Allen obviously is the big ticket one. We brought in another Brandon and Brandon Aubrey, um, from Toronto FC two, who's played tremendously well besides one red card that he picked up in the game against Nashville. Um, but we also have, uh, a couple college guys, Mike Catalano, Drew Scundrich, who played very well, but didn't get a goal, unfortunately in the last match against Richmond. Um, Aiden Apodaca coming over from from Cal Baptist, who set the NCAA record for goals scored in season, has looked tremendous. Um, you know, and then obviously we're that. Uh, oh, and then the two guys that you're not going to see, which has been a, a big issue, uh, is James Chambers and um, Omar Holness, who are both you know supposed to be the anchors of the midfield, um, and we haven't seen um, 
either of them as much as, as we'd like. Um, so, I mean, it's, it's a bit of growing pains. It's a, it's a bit of bad luck. Honestly, we've had plenty of chances just not finishing them off. Um, and then kind of that, you know, standard MLS two team figuring out how to gel early on in the season. Uh, so this team kind of lives in two worlds. You, you know, you just mentioned it, that MLS two team um, moniker, which is a bunch of players, like young kids cycling in and out. But they've got this marketing where they're they're not that they've they've you know they've got a very separate brand. Yep. Um, is is there a feeling amongst this uh, the fan base that um, there is more of a focus on competing for a USL championship, or are they one of those teams that's just like, eh, we just want to get kids up to MLS? Um, yeah, I mean it's definitely player development. First and foremost, um, I'd, I'd kind of compare it to like Swope Park out in the West or even um, you guys a, a little bit, because I think ironically, for as much as our fan bases don't necessarily enjoy each other, we're both trying to do the same thing and I think doing it very well. Um, so, yeah, I mean, you know, obviously none of those guys want to lose and we want to make the playoffs because winning is is in part, you know, a, a big part of player development. But at the end of the day, you know, we're here to develop guys like Matt Real and Mark McKenzie and Austin Trusty and Derek Jones and, um, you know, give minutes to guys like Adam Niem or, or Fabian Herbers or Marcus Epps, who, you know, are kind of fringe players for the first team and, and need to show themselves by actually playing matches. So it's definitely a development first for sure. I want to talk to you a little bit about Brandon Allen uh, yeah. in depth because we we have known him for a very long time yes. and sort of have seen you know the good and bad of Brandon. He he started the season incredibly hot with two goals yeah. in his first match and they were they were nice goals. Uh, I gotta say. Since then, it's it's been really difficult for him. Is it just trying to fit into the new surroundings? Is there something maybe uh, in particular about the style that uh, the Steeler play? Yeah, so I, I mean, I, I don't, you know, I don't think he's a great fit in the system. I think they're asking him to be a lot more defensively responsible than he wants to be, I guess, is what I'll say. Um, and as a result of that, you know, it's it's not been mutually beneficial for both sides, I don't think. I, I don't think he's getting the looks that he wants or the opportunities that he wants, and I don't think the team is necessarily getting what they want out of a guy of, of that caliber, you know, who can be as lethal as anybody else inside of the box, but it's kind of the off the ball stuff that's, that's concerning for, for everybody. Um, and yeah, I mean, it is a different system. Um, so I don't know if that's part of it or, or if, you know, being surrounded by new teammates is a part of it. Um, but it, it hasn't been that kind of dream coupling that I think a lot of people were expecting it to be, which is, um, unfortunate but i mean you know it's a deep side and there's there's goals from other guys that are coming in now so that's not the you know it's not like him being cold the last month or so is is the be-all end-all for the club but you know obviously having a guy like that who can put goals in actually put goals in is is a huge help yeah so sorry there's a little bit of a delay there no um the um you know, this we've seen guys. So, you know, the Red Bulls, too, are, are a successful team on the on the field, obviously. Mm-hmm. And, and, and it doesn't seem like Bethlehem Steel has been able to uh, pr- produce that kind of playoff USL soccer. What do you think they're missing to get them over that hump? 
Oh man, um, a little bit of luck at this point, really. I mean, we we've had a really strong schedule right off the bat. I don't think we've played a team that's been out of the playoff picture yet, um, except for Richmond. I think besides that, you know, Tampa's very good, Nashville's very good, Charleston is very good, Louisville's very good, Cincy, very good, and we've been close. Um, it's just either you know not being able to finish, or not capitalizing on chances, or in the Nashville match, like I said, it was an early red card. Um, and you know, I, I think obviously we'll try to turn things in seven or 10 days here coming up. And, you know, we like to get up for Red Bull a little bit. And, and I think Indy's a beatable team. I think Ottawa is a very beatable team. I, I think the schedule will kind of even itself out. Um, and I, you know, I'm not worried this early in the season about this club finishing outside of, you know, the top eight or even, you know, worst case scenario, I think they're 10th. Focusing on the match, uh, tomorrow, uh, yeah. If if Beth Steele are going to get the result, who is the player on the field that is going to be most important towards that result? So th- this is where it gets fun because I've I've been told that it's going to be a very MLS heavy mm-hmm. squad, which I, I think is what these two clubs do when they play midweek. Anyway, um. That being said, Corey Burke right now is on a on a suspension for a red card he picked up in MLS and in a game that he scored in uh, against Montreal. So I, I think that's a guy where, you know, you can tell why he got rewarded with a first team contract. He, in my opinion, is a better forward than CJ Sapong for the kind of soccer they like to play. Um, and I, I think he's going to come in and have a big impact. And and obviously we saw what. Um, you know, Adam Niem can do against you guys. I think he gets up for these games a little bit more. And then, you know, another guy um, who I don't know if we'll see just because it's a midweek, but Chris Nanko had a lot of fun on Tim Schmoll last year. I think he put <laughs> two past him, just kind of like ran by him and, and absolutely floored him. He may um, have effectively ended Tim Schmoll's time at Frenchville, too. They, uh, Tim and John were not, John Wolniak were not very happy about that game. Yeah, um, fair. Which, you know, so, yeah, I think Corey Burke is the main impact player, but obviously it's one of those things where this roster could have nine MLS guys again that wouldn't be too surprised. <laughs> so what you're saying is we need to bring back Tim Schmoll. <laughs> uh, I would I would very much appreciate that, but I know that that's not in the realm of possibility. Well, I mean, his his time at Aldershot Town hasn't necessarily been uh, sparkling. And they Almost are like he's not a great center back because he's really slow. That that could be. <laughs> Being Maybe. tall will get you so far, I guess. He's an MLS 1.0 center back. There you go. Ooh, that's nice. That's that's a very like nice it's way nice to, way to insult somebody. somebody. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It is. Even though uh, Tim is a very nice guy. <laughs> oh no, no, no. Listen, I, I, I have very skewed opinions of of visiting teams' players because they're either really pissed off to see me because they have to talk to me or. You know they're they're super happy because they just mop the floor with Bethlehem or whatever. So, <laughs> but like, yeah, he was very shell shocked but polite. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know, um, and that's all you can ask for. Yeah, that is all. I, that's all I can ask for out of anybody that talks to me. Evan, before we let you go, uh, yeah. I like to subject everyone to the lightning round. I don't know if you're familiar with this. I am. I am. Please. Okay, perfect, excellent. Uh, okay, popcorn, yes or no. Uh, sure. Yes. So I'm going to throw a little bit of a twist here. Uh-oh. Castlevania or Devil May Cry? 
Oh, wait. Okay, which Devil May Cry? Or do I not get to... We'll say two. We'll say two. Okay, then Devil May Cry. Okay. Uh, Star Wars or Star Trek? Uh, Star Wars, please. Pepsi or Coke? Coke. You're like throwing all kinds of wrinkles into this one, Anthony. I I like it. Favorite (laughs) team to play as in FIFA? Uh, Oh, man. Um, Forest Green Rovers this year. Um, (laughs) Fulham, up or down? (laughs) Uh, Up only because I love that they play so many Americans. And who has the best broadcast team for any USL uh, match that you've listened to this year? Oh man, um, I, I think uh, I think a friend of of the USL show West Bowling was on Nashville's most recent one, and he in I told him in a league full of people that are pretending to be journalists that have actual day jobs, his ability to transfer from being a journalist to a guy with a day job pretending to be a journalist has been amazing. So um, <laughs> I uh, I really like Nashville. Honestly, there's not really anyone that I that I'm super upset with in the league as long as it's not the people in the actual league office. Fair. Very fair. Yeah, I'd like to trade for Heather Connolly over at um, in Tampa Bay. She's awesome. Well, Evan, uh, we wish gotcha. you. Uh, I don't know if we're wishing you necessarily, but uh, we hope to have a cracking match tomorrow. There you and, go. Uh, yeah. Nobody yeah. gets hurt and everybody has fun. I, I like to wish you know New York, New York Red Bull because you know, like I said, I do think it is hilarious that our teams are quote unquote rivals, but we're always trying to pretty much do the same thing just being better than the other ones so i i wish everyone organizational success there you go that that's very nice of you <laughs> and uh when we come back we're going to round up the rest of our usl news and uh yeah that's it stick around We're back with our final segment of a very, very long episode of Raising Bulls. We're going to be talking about all kinds of things around the USL. Let's start, Anthony, with Phoenix Rising FC. Uh, Obviously, they've been very strong uh, since the start of the season, uh, but now they seem to have finally really uh, come into their own. DDA Dragba is scoring goals seemingly at will. They've got two huge wins this week. Are they... Uh, legitimate challengers to the top of the Western Conference right now? For this week, yes. But as we're seeing in the USL week to week, everyone is changing. Everything is changing dramatically. Remember how like two weeks ago, the LA Galaxy 2 were like the worst team ever? <laughs> well, now, or Nashville was the worst team ever, and now they look like world beaters. So for this week, it looks like Phoenix is the best team in the USL, but who knows what's going to be next week. Fair, fair. I don't, I don't necessarily think Nashville look like the worst team in USL, but they certainly they beat Louisville. They were certainly boring, and yeah, they got a big result against the Red Bulls, and they probably should have won that game, which we discussed last week. And yeah, they beat Louisville uh, soundly. Uh, are they settling down and coming into their own now? They kind of figured out the league a little bit and shaken off that. Uh, uh, debutante, uh, I don't even know what to call it. <laughs> debutante pollen? I, I don't know. Whatever it would be. I don't even know what you're talking about. Um, but they, um, <laughs> I mean, kind of. Uh, you know, I, I just think that this league is 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 very unpredictable. This league is so, and I know that um, they use they describe like their themselves as more of like an NBA style league um, in how they're structured. But the the games are starting to kind of feel like NBA style games where. Um, 
you know, any given night, anyone can kind of beat another team and the talent's kind of pretty well distributed, even though there's some teams that seem to have huge, uh, quote unquote, for, for second division, big money rosters. Um, there are these like upset nights and I don't even know if we can call them upsets anymore because it just seems to, it seems to keep happening. What it seems like you're saying is that there's now a greater level of parity in USL than there has been in years past. Is that fair to say? Oh, absolutely. There's there's legit parody. All right. All right. I'll take it. And uh, I am, for the record, uh, pretty impressed with uh, Mensa and uh, Malato. Maloto. I'm terrible. At Maloto. Maloto. Yes. Thank you. He used to be on. Um, he used to be on Swole Park. And they uh, they have, I think, formed a pretty good partnership. And uh, I'm looking forward to watching M and M perform. Again next week. Uh, Tampa Bay Rowdies are in absolute free fall. They've lost four of their last five matches. We talked about them at the beginning of the season. Uh, they look like they were going to be, you know, just as you were talking about, world beaters. And now they are struggling big time. Uh, this, of course, coincides with a huge loss to the New York Red Bulls, too. Uh, the loss of David Najem to an ACL injury for the season. And now things have really turned sideways. What do you think is behind this this precipitous drop? Uh, maybe they just weren't as good as we thought they were. Um, that that's that that's only the only thing I can think of. Um, because they they had a stretch last season where they played like this as well, and it was towards the tail end of the season. Then they kind of had a little bit of a of a of a comeback that carried them into the playoffs. But um, this might be what this team actually is, which is. For, for Tampa Bay fans, a little bit scary. Very fair, very fair. Moving on, Birmingham Legion FC. Who, Oof. you might be saying, in, in uh, Red Bull 2 land, if, if you're not necessarily familiar with what's happening with D3 underneath. Uh, they will be joining next season in the USL 3rd Division. Uh, today, they announced they have a sponsorship with Nike, who will be uh, providing merchandise uh, and their uh, apparel for next season. Uh, I just I like seeing things like this for a team that really hasn't uh, had any like major waves. Uh, they seem to be putting things together the right way. Uh, it's great for D three to have uh, them locking down a sponsor a sponsorship so early, and you can actually buy their stuff. Uh, Anthony, are you going to be buying a Legion FC jersey? Nah, that it's kind of weird. Like the name Legion, I don't know it. It, it throws up kind of the weirdness that we're seeing uh, in other sports, like the Golden Knights of the NHL or something. It's just a weird name. But isn't that, um, isn't but, that what you love so much about uh, the, the lower divisions, is the weird names? Oh, absolutely. I'm a big fan of the San Antonio Flying Chanclas. Um, <laughs> that is a real team. I believe it. Um, but, I, I, you know, it, it's Birmingham, so maybe, maybe I'm just not big on just Birmingham, Alabama. But it should be pretty fun um, with them coming into the league. Thank goodness they're not just another Birmingham FC or something, which would be hard to do considering there's one of those in the uh, championship. The Legion name to me, all I can think about is the Noah Hawley uh, series <laughs> about uh, uh, the Professor X's son. That's the best you got. Uh, yep, that's all I can think about. Every time I see that, I just think of David uh, and, yeah. Anyway, Efren Alvarez, <laughs> youngest hat trick in USL history, 15 years old. Uh, lighten it up for Los Dos. I think everybody's going crazy about this kid because anytime anyone uh, young does anything in soccer, they are immediately anointed the savior of the sport in this country. Uh, Los Dos 
is obviously scoring goals now. They won six to one or six to two against uh, St. Louis FC. Uh, you know, you mentioned it that 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 these teams who were sitting at the bottom could suddenly just snap uh, out of the, out of their funk and kind of uh, ride the lightning. Do you think Ephraim Alvarez? Uh, is the right person to do that for Los, for Los Dos? And is it fair to do to a 15-year-old to kind of say, like, oh, go out there and save our season? Um, it's not fair for them to say go out there and save our season. But if he's the hot hand at the moment, or the hot foot, I should say, then um, you play him. And this is what the USL is for. You you play the, the kid who's got the, who, who's got the hot foot until he doesn't or he proves that he's consistent and then you can call him up. So, the, you know, keep playing him. Keep playing the kids. That's what you're supposed to do. The hot foot. I like it. Okay, that's it for us today, guys. Uh, if you want to follow us on Twitter, you can find me at underscore Joe Goldstein. And I am at NYC Soccer World. And our uh, fellow co-host, Bill Toomey, he is at Bill TNJ. And you can follow the show, and we hope you do, at Raising Bull Cast. That's one bull, Raising Bull Cast. And, of course, that's all on Twitter. You can find us on Facebook.com. You can go to RaisingBulls.com where you can find all of our episodes and even send us questions to questions at RaisingBulls.com. Uh, feel free to ask us anything. Uh, you could also talk trash if you'd like to. I know that uh, Anthony and I uh, cause our fair share of uh, mud to be slung, so feel free. Uh, you can find us on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, wherever you get your podcasts. Uh, please find us, rate us, review us. It does help. It does mean everything. And, of course, we're part of the Beautiful Game Network at BGN.FM. They've got shows like Rising is One, Sock Takes, Bethlehem Blast Furnace, Foxtrot, and Backyard Footy, among many, many others. There's a lot of great USL and soccer general podcasts there. Find them out. And, of course, we'd like to thank our sponsor, Roughneck Scarves, the official scarf supplier of MLS, USL, and the U.S. soccer. Get custom scarves for your group or team at roughneckscarves.com. For myself, Anthony Merced, Lucas Stauffer, and Evan Villella, thank you very much, and have a great night.